Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska Baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawks Field at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. It's not about coming in and scripting for success. It's about teaching them how to play quarterback the way we want our quarterbacks to play. And that's why I didn't want a quick fix. To me, um, I want to build this thing with guys who've been in the program, who learn our way of thinking, our way of seeing the field, our way of viewing defenses, our way of calling protections, our way of training. So I think as we move forward, you know, everything will be earned, nothing will be given, but it'll be great competition, it'll be great learning and great development, and we, uh, we have some pretty special players in that room. Kicking off hour number three here on Herd Ass Sports Radio, I'm Ravi Lula, Andrew Rogers here with me on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and of course for hour number three, we're on KFOR in Lincoln as well. Also on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Wherever you're listening, we are brought to you by our friends at Pratt Dental. Pratt Dental located in North Platte, Nebraska. They are certified in the BioClear method and modern smile design, which can correct many aesthetic dilemmas in a permanent and less invasive manner than traditional treatments such as crowns. You can do it in less time, less waiting, fewer appointments. You can get multiple restorations done in the same day. Make sure you check out prattdental.com slash bioclear-dental-treatment or go to prattdental.com, P-R-A-T-T. Go to their services and click on the BioClear treatment. Pratt Dental, creating healthy smiles. A guy that's always got a nice healthy smile for (laughs) us is our friend Michael Brunts from Husker 24-7. Brunts, what's going on, buddy? Not much. How are you guys doing? Good morning, Bruntsy. We are doing pretty well. Uh, After... The kind of whirlwind I know signing day can be for uh, for the those of you in the recruiting website world. Uh, how you feeling this morning after Nebraska got a obviously Dylan Riola and then a, a few key flips as well? Yeah, it's uh, you know I, I have to say just from a purely just worried about me point of view, it was <laughs> kind of nice that Rayola announced on Monday when he did because it kind of it kind of let everything breathe a little bit. Um, so selfishly, that was that was okay with me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, things went Nebraska's way. Um, you know, I don't think any of those were 
particularly big surprises. You know, like Amari Sanders had been committed to Nebraska for over a month and was just waiting to go public with it. Larry Tarver had kind of been, um, you know, expected to flip as well. So, you know, it, it was as much of a kind of a stress-free signing day as you can have when you have, like I said, four guys commit with uh, uh, Bly Hill. But, um, you know, I, I think that's partially, you know, due to the way that Nebraska recruits now. Um, you know, the, the bulk of their class was done in July, um, mm-hmm. you know, before they even set foot on campus for fall camp. So that helps kind of, you know, make things a little bit calmer. But, <laughs> you know, after that little, you know, week hiccup where all of a sudden Dylan Rayola was visiting and, um, you know, you had some question about what, what Daniel Kalen was going to do, everything just kind of, you know, got back to normal and, and tied up with a nice little bow. Brunty, how is uh, Dylan Rayola's move not just a major one nationally uh, for Nebraska's outlook, but also great just for the sport of college football to show that it's okay not to go to the, we'll call them five powerhouse schools if you want to make a name for yourself? Yeah, I, I think there's been a little bit of a kind of a democratization of the five stars um, with with NIL and, and that kind of thing. Um, and, and you know, I, I think there's probably a little bit more of, you know, look, like especially at the quarterback spot, you can't load up in one place. I mean, and <laughs> there, there's only one one guy can play. There's only one football. And if you're a, a highly ranked quarterback and you want to play early, you kind of got to pick your spot. And, you know, there, there's only, you know, one guy that can go to Georgia, one guy that can go to, to, to Alabama. And, you know, I think that's kind of helped with kind of spreading the wealth a little bit. Um, so I, I think it's good. I mean, it, it's, the quarterback recruiting piece has been so interesting the last few years because, you know, basically if a guy doesn't start his first two years at a place, he's probably not going to still be there. Um, you still saw this year a ton of guys that, you know, started significant games for their teams as freshmen uh, hit the portal and move on. So it, it's uh, it's fascinating. I think, you know, him, him coming to Nebraska, though, I, I think, you know, Nebraska's been down for a long time and, uh, that, that that certainly changes the narrative a little bit for what the, the short-term trajectory can be, I think, for the program. We're talking with Michael Brunts of Husker 24-7. Uh, Brunts, do you think, you kind of mentioned the, the democratization of the five stars a little bit. Do you think as we continue into the NIL era, the transfer era, and now we, we sprinkle in the 12-team playoff era, where all of a sudden access to a championship is more available than it's ever been. Do you think we will continue to see that trend in that direction? That's a good question. I mean, I, I think I think with the playoff, you kind of need to see it play out once to kind of see what that's actually going to look like, at sure. least from the perspective of a recruit, right? Like, it's one thing if a coach says, yeah, you know, come to – Come to this school, we'll go nine and three, and we'll be in the in the playoff. You, you kind of want to see that happen because otherwise, it just kind of sounds like a you know a pitch, a recruiting pitch right now. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think that'll play into it. I mean, with the NIL stuff, you know, d- does that eventually go in house um, with NCAA changes? I mean, that that can very well shift things as well. So 
you know, there's not a lot of uh, solid ground right now, I feel like, in college football. And, and certainly the playoffs a piece of it. I mean, is, are, are we going to get a split altogether of football and, and what that looks like? I mean, there's, you know, it feels like year to year almost. You, you just can't count on um, a lot right now being uh, be, being long-term in college football. But I, I think a lot of that stuff does kind of benefit a place like Nebraska because it does it – does, uh, I think play to some advantages that a place like Nebraska has. Bruncey, uh, let's go back to signing day for a moment. Statewide, who do you predict to have the biggest impact right away for this Nebraska football program, whether it's an immediate need or someone you just expect to be a difference maker early? Who do you predict that is? Yeah. Um, and maybe take Dylan Rayola out of this conversation. <laughs> Yeah, no, that I, that I, I'm not going to take the layup. I, I want to <laughs> drive to the hoop and get contact here. He wants the hand um, one. He wants the hoop and the yeah, harm yeah, here. Yeah. Give me the charity stripe extra. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's interesting. I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking, trying to think of the guys who are going to be on campus in January because that's such a key piece of being able to play early. I think, and yeah. you know, I think a guy in the class that is going to maybe have something to say for, you know, this season is Ja'Cory Barney. Um, I, I, you know, a wide receiver who played wide receiver, played some quarterback. Like, he, he did a little bit of everything. He's just a good football player, a tough football player. And, you know, he's going to have to add some weight. But, you know, that that's one position where I think you look at it and – you know they're not going to be afraid to play a guy if he's ready, just because I, I still think there's going to be a, the depth chart there is going to still be a little bit thin. So I, I'll say Jacory Barney is a guy that I'm watching very closely and, and will be in spring because I think he's got a chance to come in and and help right away. You know the, the class is interesting because it, it was huge on offensive linemen. We have six or seven offensive linemen in the class. Those guys typically don't get on the field early, so that doesn't help you much there. Um, you know, you only got one quarterback that can play, and you know, I, I just think it's a lot of it's going to kind of be a more of a developmental class. Even though you know Nebraska showed that they're willing to get guys on the field early as freshmen at certain spots, but I, I would kind of lean lean Barney at, at wide receiver. I think he's going to be a, a guy to watch. Yeah, Barney was a name that stuck out to me as well, and then. One other name that I'm curious what your thoughts are, they that uh, Coach Rule brought up yesterday, you know, they talked about Carter Nelson being in kind of a San Francisco 49ers role, and I'm sure most yeah. people thought uh, thought Kittle when they thought tight end Carter <laughs> Nelson. I thought Kyle Juszczyk, because the way they used to use him before Christian McCaffrey came around, he got mm-hmm. lined up all over the field H-back, running back, tight end, out wide sometimes. Like, could you see somebody with that versatile skill set maybe make an impact right away or because of where he's coming from in terms of level of competition, being an eight-man, which is just – I mean, it's a different game. Mm -hmm. Do you think maybe he takes a little longer? That was was the only reason that I didn't – say him right away was I think there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment coming from from eight man to 11 and, and I think he can figure it out I mean he, sure he's a freak athlete like there's not not that's not taking anything away from him I mean I, I'm kind of curious to see I mean he's going to be at the, at the uh, all-american bowl in a couple weeks here against you know the, the country's best and 
I'm eager to kind of see how he holds up because um, mm-hmm. I, I think he has the skill set and you know the way that they can potentially use him on offense and what they've talked about. Uh, that's intriguing to me, and that I, I think sometimes too, if you can carve out a spot for a guy and you can say this is what your role is going to be, and we want you to do this really well. I think that simplifies things a bit. I mean, I, I think I think I'd be a little bit more ready to say like he's a day one contributor if he were coming in in the spring. Um, Cause I, I think that just kind of puts you behind a little bit. He's going to have to put on some weight, I think to kind of do what they want him to. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I, I think in terms of just offensive pieces, I mean, he, he was by far the, the biggest get, um, you know, wh- whether that's, you know, a pitch back running back tight end wide receiver, wherever um, I, I'm eager to see what they kind of do with him. Cause um, you know, it's funny that, you know, the, the, the Riola signing kind of overshadowed everything, but I mean, that was a, that was a real elbows out recruiting win that, that Nebraska had there. I mean, I, I think it probably gets lost cause he's an in-state kid and had been committed for so long, but they really did a good job of getting that one over the finish line. Yeah. I mean, he finished the year number 43, according to your 24 seven sports rankings in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a, that's a pretty good number. there, getting <laughs> a top 50 guy. Um, I, I'm curious what you think, you know, cause coach rule uh, talking about, the defensive backs and all the defensive backs that they've brought into the room because uh, they brought a ton of tight ends in, they brought a ton of offensive linemen in, they also brought a ton of defensive backs. Out of this group, do you look at a guy, do you look at any of those guys and say, hey, that's a day one contributor? And also, do you look at any of those guys as obvious examples of people that might get put into maybe linebacker positions or edge rusher, rusher positions the way that Coach Rule was talking about? Yeah, no, I, of the guys, I mean, I think they're a little thin still on true corners. I could see Buf, Mario Buford, you know, potentially getting in the conversation early on. He's going to be an early enrollee, uh, played at a really high level in, in Texas um, for, for his time down there. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, if, if you've been around his brother at all, there's a maturity there that you don't often see in, in, in young college kids. Um, which I think helps too. So I think he's a guy that you could see on the field sooner than later. Um, in terms of guys that could kind of grow into linebackers, I mean, a, a Braylon Prude, I mean, I know that we list him, I think we list him as a safety, but I think he eventually lands at linebacker. He's, you know, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and can run. Um, I know he had a just an absolutely horrific injury his senior year, but Rex Guthrie, is probably going to slide into that Isaac Gifford role by the time everything's said and done as a rover, maybe a smaller linebacker. Um, you know, he's just a, a prolific tackler at over 120 tackles as a junior out in Colorado. Um, he'll be on campus early rehabbing from a, a dislocated ankle and a broken bone in his leg. Like, it was pretty bad. Um, so, I, you know, that'll sort itself out. I, I think, you know, they need a lot of defensive backs. They're trying to increase competition in that group. And the way they recruit guys, I mean, it, it's a guy could end up as a safety. Maybe he's a corner. I mean, you saw what they did with, um, you know, Malcolm Hartsog moving him back and forth. And, and you know, they, they've they had guys in the past like Quentin Newsom that have kind of done that if needed. If needed. So I, I think it sorts itself out. Um, I, I think they're also just kind of trying to find guys who – have a ton of upside. I mean, Amari Sanders is another guy who hasn't played a ton of football, could be a corner, um, you know, maybe a safety at some point. 
uh, but just a rangy guy that can run. I mean, that, that's what the staff looks for is, is traits and attributes in that secondary, and I think they got a lot of those types of guys. Bruncey, you mentioned the linebacker position. What was your reaction to Eric, the Eric Fields news yesterday? I mean, that's a player I thought had tremendous athletic ability and definitely was one of, one of the more intriguing commits of the 2023 class. Did that update come as a complete surprise to you as well? well we had kind of been hearing that that was not trending well um, in terms of him staying on campus. Uh, you know, he had hadn't really dressed out for any games early in the year. Um, you know, I was going back and looking through what we'd written about him in fall camp, and I think there was a lot of excitement about him, but you, you didn't hear him mentioned as the year went on, and that's never usually a good sign. And he, he went home. Um, he's not in the transfer portal. And, I mean, you guys remember last year at uh, National Signing Day, you know, Matt Rule singled him out and basically said, like, you're going to know who Eric Fields is. And – you know, I think he's a tremendously talented defensive player. Um, it just, for whatever reason, didn't mesh with him in Lincoln. And, you know, maybe that's, I, I don't know if there's, you know, stuff going on there, what happened. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he was a guy that was a very, the staff viewed as a very, very high upside guy and somebody that, you know, eventually would have been, you know, that, that Isaac, Isaac Gifford type role or, uh, maybe growing into a little bit bigger linebacker. So, um, you know, I, I think there's a little bit of disappointment over there in North Stadium that that didn't work out because I think they felt like they got a guy that was very, very under the radar. We're talking with Michael Brunts of Husker 24-7. Speaking of under the radar, Brunts, are there any kind of sleepers from this 2024 class that you're low-key pretty excited about? Um. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting class. I mean, I, I, I got to see Landa Davidson, um, the, the offensive lineman from Colorado, play earlier this fall. And, you know, he earned his offer at camp, um, you know, had a little bit of recruiting juice behind his name, but not a ton. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think he profiles really well to – a guard, um, you know, at some point, I think, you know, the, a lot of these offensive linemen, they did a pretty good job of bringing in some interior of a good mix of interior guys, a couple tackles. Um, and I, and I think that's probably, I would say that group is probably the strength of the class. I mean, I, I think there's some really, some, some guys that can play earlier in their careers. You've got a really, really high upside guy, Grant Bricks, uh, in that class that was coveted by pretty much everybody that matters, a, you know, a top, top two, four, seven player. Um, and then I think another another guy in that kind of offensive line group that because of when he committed, because of where he lives, uh, he just isn't getting talked about much is, is Preston Taumua, um, the, the offensive lineman out of Hawaii. Um, you know, Nebraska beat up Oregon, Auburn, and Arizona for this kid. Um, he's, I talked to him the other night. He's six foot four, 320 pounds right now. Uh, could play tackle if they need him to, but he's probably a guard. And, you know, I, I think that was a really big recruiting win for Nebraska. I don't think that he expected going into his visits that he was going to end up with Nebraska, but they beat out those programs for him. And, you know, he's coming off of a knee injury. He played the second half of his season in Hawaii, won a state championship. But, you know, he, he's a, a sharp kid. He'll be here in the summer. And a, another kid that, you know, with, with the offensive line group the way it is, you've got a lot of veterans like Ben Hart, 
Ben Scott and those guys, and then you know you're, you're, they're going to have to pass that off to some of these young guys that came in last year and this year. And I think this line class that they have is going to be really important for kind of that next wave of starting offensive linemen in Nebraska. Brunty, speaking of linemen from Colorado, Jordan Seaton's name has kind of been hitting the the skies, right? Everybody's like, what's going on with Jordan Seaton and uh, Nebraska? is somebody that is in the Seton mix right now. What is the latest on him? Yeah, I, I think there was a lot of a lot of uh the last couple of days before National Signing Day there'd been a lot of uh momentum for him to Maryland. Um you know, kind of away from Colorado. I know he visited Oregon. Um, you know, Dylan Rayola is, is you know trying to get in there and, and do some peer recruiting and, and that's the benefit of having a five star quarterback in your class. I mean people People notice that 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 gets your uh, that gets your DMs and your texts read a little <laughs> bit more quickly. I think so. Uh, you know they're going to take their shot at it. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but um, yeah, I don't know. The, the, those those recruitments that kind of go on for you know a couple days after National Signing Day, things like that. It, it always gives me a little bit of pause. Um, certainly a talented prospect, but uh, you know I I, I always I kind of wonder whether you know how much Matt Rule and his staff kind of have a stomach for that kind of thing. So we'll see. I mean, he's a talented kid. Uh, Nebraska's going to take their shot. But, uh, yeah, anyways, I, I, we'll, we'll see. But uh, last I knew, Maryland was still kind of trending with him and kind of away from Colorado. Brunts, who's the local media version of the guy that gets your text message, message read a little <laughs> bit faster? Uh that text me that I take a look at. Yeah, that like, yeah, like let's say, you know, like like if, no offense to Danny Kalen, if Danny Kalen texts you, like, yeah, you look at it, maybe you respond if you think about it. <laughs> but if Dylan Rayola texts you, you're like, oh, okay. Who's the who's the Dylan Rayola of, like, you, you get the text from local media and you're like, all right, let's do this. Um, That's a good question. I don't want to leave anybody out. Shane Schillerberg. Listen, listen, Brunts, it's okay. Everybody's a four-star here. We just want to know (laughs) who the five-star is. (laughs) Oh, come on, Shane. (laughs) (laughs) I think if here's what you get, I look at a little bit faster. Okay. If if you get the Keith Mann text out of the blue, Mm. and and that's not local media, but if you, you get the Keith Mann text out of the blue, you're like, okay, what's going on here? What, what do I need to know about? <laughs> How, where do I need to be at what time? That, that's when I usually uh, – my, my ears perk up a little bit. So um, that, that's what I'll go with. I'll go right down the middle, the Keith Mann text. It's not you about – You can't pick the or. <laughs> you, can't, it can't, you can't pick the or. It can't be Ravi or Andrew and you choose or. Like, that's not allowed. <laughs> you, not a depth chart. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you off the hook. You're being diplomatic. It, it, I'll say this. It used to be Andrew back when he was giving me some first inning picks. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, that that is always a thrilling message to receive. The first inning overs. Let's go, baby. <laughs> I get I get like some inside info that the starting pitcher for the Cardinals is like dealing with the family thing. He might be he might not be dialed in in the first inning. I, I'm, I'm I got I got you. I'll I'll catch you back up. I'll catch you back up to speed once baseball season rolls in. Nice. Hey, uh, quick one here before we let you go, Brunson. you got about a minute and a half. I'm going to ask you a, uh, a Christmas-themed question. I've been doing it with every guest today. Okay, you ready? Yep. Which Christmas movie 
Which Christmas movie character, I should say, do you think you'd get along with the most and why? I I would say I would say Clark Griswold. I knew I it. <laughs> I knew it. The older the older I've gotten, the more I can I've come to understand and appreciate his viewpoint on life. So I would say Clark Griswold. I knew he was going to go that direction. I'm like, man, Brentsy seems like a Clark Griswold guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's I've I've begun to appreciate that more. So I, I would say Clark Griswold probably. Although I've never, we've never done like the huge like hosting thing because I I, I I can't be part of that. But your, your bonus check <laughs> wasn't a, a year-long membership to the Jelly of the Month Club? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Brunts, we appreciate it. Uh, we'll be off next week, so we won't get a chance to talk to you. But happy holidays, and uh, we will talk to you in the new year. You too, guys. Take care. Have a good one. All right. See you, man. That's Michael Brunts from Husker 24-7. Appreciate Bruncey and his uh, willingness to let us be a little goofy there uh, as we wrap up his segment. Coming up next, we're going to get to Herd at Hot Seat as we wrap up the show the last half hour here on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln.